Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Chris. And my name's Anthony. Hello, Anthony. Hi. How are you three yeah. hours later? <laughs> uh, I'm good. I'm good. I. It was so weird you didn't say B-roll podcast and it threw me off. I was about to say it. I almost did. <laughs> I really almost did. Oh, I bet. <laughs> Everyone, every time I, I hear the new name, I'm like, oh, wait. oh no, that's right. No, we did that on purpose. <laughs> it's not a bit. If it is a bit, it's lasted way too long. <laughs> this is our second longest running bit. Yeah. <laughs> on the Sci-Fi Wise podcast, what we do is watch, break down, and review straight to stream science fiction and science fiction adjacent movies television shows, straight to stream, web television shows, whatever. I think we've even watched some YouTube compilations, essentially. If it's science fiction adjacent, if it wasn't released in theaters, we're probably going to watch it. So, yeah, eventually. <laughs> at, at some point, yes. So this is, I think, our second only day. Oh, maybe even the only, it might be a first. The first time we've ever recorded two episodes on the same day. Yeah, I guess. I don't think we've ever done it, so it's a lot of firsts for March 20th. It's two episodes, but it's also <laughs> the same topic, more or less. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that topic being the Snyder Cut. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. Not to be confused with Justice League from no. 2017. Completely different film. <laughs> Unrelated in every way. I'd venture to say that it is a completely different movie. <laughs> It's very close to it, yes. Okay, so you just you stole the what did we watch from me, but that's fine. I did. I that's what I do. I'm a thief. <laughs> Normally, what we do in our mainline episodes is we actually go over some initial thoughts and opinions, and then we talk about the movie or the show or whatever and how it exists in the medium that we've chosen to to review, and then we sometimes do a little bit of a we give a little bit of a plot. I think today's going to be a little different, mainly because we've already given like our initial reactions. We'll probably yes. do maybe some other reactions, thoughts and opinions. Some more in-depth. We avoided spoilers earlier for sure. Yeah, yeah. On how it compares to the other one. We won't go into all the comparisons today, but uh, definitely give spoilers. And then I think we're going to give a lot of... We're going to probably spend a little bit more time this episode on... The Justice League itself, the characters represented within. Yeah. And then, yeah, we'll go from there because a lot of the plot stuff is probably going to have to be saved for our comparison episode. So, yeah. So as you might have heard in our reaction, initial thoughts episode released a couple of days ago, um, as well as what Chris just said, this Thursday, we will be releasing a comparison episode. We're going to make ourselves watch Justice League. <laughs> 2017 or Justice League, as the internet seems to be calling it at the moment. I kind of like it. And we're going to talk about the differences, major yeah. story beats, maybe some individual scenes that stick out to us, that type of thing. Obviously, a lot of that's going to come up today, but we're really going to take a deeper dive later on. Okay. Yeah. So for anyone who decided they didn't want to listen to the initial thoughts and opinions, when they skipped right to this one, do you want to give a 10 second initial thoughts, opinions, and answer the question on whether or not you think that Zack Snyder's Justice League is worth the price of subscription? I thought it was fantastic, and yes. What do you I'll do with the rest of your time? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I yield my, my time. Good, because I'm going to use all of it. No, I, uh, I wholeheartedly agree. Definitely worth the price of subscription, and it was just absolutely fantastic. I was trying so hard not to be hyped for this movie. Y'all out there might not know this. Chris knows this. I don't like to get hyped for things. It just leads to disappointment. 
I take everything in stride. I try to be laid back about stuff, especially the media, that type of thing. I don't get excited about new books, movies, games. Not really. At least not the way I did when I was in high school. But this was a struggle not to be hyped. I started watching this prepared to be disappointed. And I was not. I was not at all. Let's break this down a little bit. So Zack Snyder's Justice League is more than just a director's cut of Justice League. I think it's referred to that way on the Wikipedia page and a few other places. It is a reimagining of this movie. It's not just a director's cut. The plot is changed. Character motivations are changed. Just very, very different. So that's why we're treating it as a completely different movie as opposed to a director's cut or extended edition or something like we've seen in the past. I'll read the first line or the first two sentences off Wikipedia, which don't do it justice. Zack Snyder's Justice League often referred to as quote-unquote the Snyder Cut, is the 2021 director's cut of the 2017 superhero film Justice League. It presents Justice League, the fifth film in the DC Extended Universe, DCEU, and based on the DC comic book superhero team of the same name, as director Zack Snyder had intended it before he left the production. So while it it is referred to as a director's cut, yes, I, I would agree that it is a completely... it's an original movie like there's so many things that are different about it than the other justice league movie so i'm gonna start calling them justice league one and justice league two no oh that's gonna get real confusing (laughs) it's from now on i think it's the snyder cut and it's the the 2017 justice league yeah and i say that just like every time else we talk in this podcast about how we're going to call this or that, this or that. It's not going to happen do it. again. Yeah. Yeah, it's not <laughs> going to do it again. <laughs> Y'all just have to figure uh, it out. Sorry. Normally on our podcast, what we like to do is whoever picks the movie typically yields the floor to the other host in terms of how they initially felt about it and how they thought. And usually that person gives the facts. I used to do that by my own until you stole my bit from me. So yes, but I will actually give you the floor if you want to share anything else that you didn't give in your reactions and as well as the facts. Well, it's interesting you should bring up the facts because <gasps> I'm staring at a screen full of facts. Something we didn't do in our reaction episode is we didn't blurb and we didn't give any facts. So I'm going to spend some time on that. I'm hoping that you have a few facts of your own pulled up. If not, we'll wait patiently. Okay. Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's really hard to say. Zack Snyder's Justice League's blurb on IMDb is Zack Snyder's definitive director's cut of Justice League. Determined to ensure Superman's ultimate sacrifice was not in vain, Bruce Wayne aligns forces with Diana Prince with plans to recruit a team of metahumans to protect the world from an approaching threat of catastrophic proportions. I think that's a pretty good blurb. Yeah. It gives away absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely nothing. Yeah. It is rated R, which I did not know before I started watching it. It popped up in the corner. There are at least two instances of a rated R curse word that I can recall. And there is significantly more blood in the action and the violence than was in the original cut or anything I think we've seen out of DC movies so far uh, out of these mainline DC movies. Yeah. Well, you did get a little bit of Batman literally crushing people's skulls. And I think Batman v Superman, uh, DOJ a little, like but you, like you yeah. see blood on the wall. <laughs> like he, right. He 
uses his little grappling hook to snatch a guy and tosses him face first into a brick wall. This one's a little bit more consistent with it. And there's a, yeah. there is a ratings difference between I hit somebody and then we see blood afterwards, right? They were able to show dead bodies on television. CSI yeah. exists. Law and order exists, right? There's a difference between showing the aftermath and showing it happen. Yeah. Uh, some fancy cutaways and suddenly you're PG-13. This does not do that for sure. It was fantastic. The the inner action movie junkie inside of me was very happy with the action scenes. Uh, but to continue, sorry, continue the facts. I let an opinion float in there on accident. My bad. It is sitting at an 8.5 out of 10 star rating with over 100,000 ratings on IMDb. I had 92,000 just Yeah, it, hours where people ago. are watching and rating, <laughs> watching and rating. Yeah. <laughs> it has got a median score of 10. 53.1% of these voters, or raiders, I guess, I've given it a 10 out of 10. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of times when you see a lot of 10s, you also see a lot of 1s, right? Or 2s or 3s. Not the case. Just adding it all up really quickly. 3.2% of raiders gave it below a 5. Gave it a 1 through 4. That's insane. It is horribly disproportionate. <laughs> I mean, it's got 53.1% rated a 10, 20.2% rated a 9, 12.7 given an 8, and it just keeps going down until you get to 0.5% give it a 3, 0.5% give it a 2, and then a little bit of a bump, 2.3% give it a 1. And I don't know what movie they watched. <laughs> just maybe sleep. they accidentally got Tom and Jerry when they clicked on <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League, or maybe they're mad because HBO did crash yeah. <laughs> when they were trying to watch it. Uh, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm actually going to pull up the one-star reviews later on and see if I can find any. Do you happen to have any ratings from Rotten Tomatoes or, or Metacritic? Rotten Tomatoes, 74% fresh with 208 critical reviews. Okay. Audience score of 96 based oh. on 25,000 ratings. Metacritic <laughs> was a little... Thousand. Metacritic was a little rougher on this one critically, uh, 55 right. based on 42 critical reviews and a user score of uh, nine Even. Uh, based on 1776. Oh, I, uh, I have 1904. I just refreshed. So, okay. Yeah. A few hundred more ratings and it's still at nine. Yeah. Yeah. As, as we've said in the past, the way that the tomato meter works for Rotten Tomatoes is the percentage of critics who give it a favorable review. As opposed to Metacritic, which just adds them all up and then gives you an average. Yes. And then IMDb does a weighted average, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Impressive. Uh, Not sure where the 55%, not sure where the 55 is coming from on Metacritic, um, but you know. Yeah, I have no idea. I disagree. But a lot of the reviews on Metacritic also get very specific. So on IMDb, it's more or less whole stars, right? And on Rotten Tomatoes, it's how many people said they liked it. The audience score there is anyone who rated it a three and a half out of five stars or higher. Well, a Metacritic, it does to get more specific, right? Yeah. So there's a 75, which is good and would count as 100% somewhere else, counts elsewhere. A 60, so six out of 10, counts against it or counts as mixed. Yeah, so a lot of these complaints are about the length. Yeah. Well, we talked about the length at length, at length <laughs> during our last episode. <laughs> Some up to say, we talked a lot about, well, we talked about the audience reaction to the length, which I don't think a lot of people are going to be super negative about it. I could see if, if your job is to review movies, film, which is usually in a theater and is usually two or, two or less hours, 
I could see that being more of a legitimate complaint, but this also didn't release in the theaters. Yeah. It was broken up. Uh, I did read, and I don't know the validity of it. I did read while I was doing research um, the last couple of days that at least at one point, this was, or at least there was a rumor at one point that this was going to be a mini series instead of a full film. That could be wrong. It could be just a reaction to somebody leaking that there were going to be six parts to the movie. Or maybe they were talking about it at one point. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 55. Uh, I think this is the one where the critics are just wrong. Yeah. All the way around. And I don't normally disagree with people whose profession is based on being critical. Roger Ebert is probably the most important film critic of all time. Um, Most influential, sure. And there's a lot of movies that he got wrong. But it's hard to disagree with him because he's, you know, Roger Ebert. Yeah. 21 out of 42 people over like exactly half of the people that watched this movie and reviewed it gave it a mixed score. So it's problematic. It was a little. Uh, But here's the thing about reviews, especially critic reviews, is you got to know the critic, right? Whether it's Roger Ebert or Joe Schmo writing for whatever website or newspaper or whatever. If they give a movie a thumbs up, a thumbs down, seven stars, ten stars, two stars, it's important to know the rating, but it's also equally important to understand where that reviewer is coming from, what they typically review things as, because I know I've read reviews before where I'm like, yeah, but I don't usually agree with this person, or they say these are all negatives, but those are things I like. So the score matters a lot less in a critical review, except in the case where they're all good or all bad. If that makes sense. That's fair. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on Metacritic. I mean, because we could talk about the nuances <laughs> of movie reviews and ratings. We well, Actually, we might. You know, we might do a bonus episode where all we do is talk about the critical process and I how it's critically stupid. <laughs> I might be out. <laughs> <laughs> It'd just be me talking to yeah. dead Discord air for an hour and a half. <laughs> Either way. So those are the facts. Great movie. We're not wrong. Everyone else is wrong. <laughs> I did give, on our initial thoughts, I did give Zack Snyder a little bit of a, a breakdown on his filmography. I completely left out a movie. Let's see here. Let me scroll down and find it here. Oh, Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul. Mm, 2010 yeah. 3D computer animated fantasy adventure family film. Uh, yeah, I think that's based <laughs> on a book. I remember a, a sibling yeah. of my a younger sibling of mine actually being very excited about that movie. Yeah, I just yeah. I didn't know he did that, so that was pretty neat. But well, you know, what's his face? <laughs> oh, what's his name? Um, There's a lot of them. Yeah, George Miller. Oh yeah, <laughs> he did. He's known for doing Mad Max and Happy Feet. So <laughs> much like myself, George Miller is a man of many talents <laughs> and many man. tastes. <laughs> what about uh, Babe? Hold on a second. Who did Babe? I'm not gonna Google the word Babe. I'm not even going to Google the word babe movie. I don't want to (laughs) know what comes up when I bing that. George Miller. George Miller also did Babe. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Yeah. Babe. Which one did he do? He did Babe, Pig in the City. Oh, so the sequel. He produced Babe. So he directed the direct-to-DVD sequel (laughs) to a movie about a talking pig. All right, we're way off topic. No, it came out in theaters. I remember seeing it in the theater. Anyways. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, you're expanding my knowledge on things I don't want. To, I, I'm wasting those brain cells. I need them for something else. Let's talk about other people that participated in the production and the acting and the creation of this film. Right. Uh, let's give a special shout out to Chris Roven and Deborah Snyder, producers of this movie. Screenplay by Chris Terrio. Story by Chris Terrio, Zack Snyder, and Will Beal. Blah, 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 blah. 
Got to give them their credit. And all the and all the people involved who are behind the scenes who we didn't name, you know, PAs, all that stuff. Yeah. Thanks for yeah. thanks for helping this one come to life. I want to give a special shout out to Junkie XL, Thomas Hulkenborg, who did the music. Mm-hmm. I like his soundtracks. I loved his man of his work on Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. Thought they were fantastic. He's done a lot of different things. I, I really liked the music and the way that it wove the different themes from all the different characters into one thing. It was very, very nice. That's my my extra mm. shout out. Awesome. So our first main character, or at least lead actor, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> Played a Batman whose alter ego is Bruce Wayne. Respect. Originally, many concerns over Batfleck, which I always thought were completely, not like, I don't want to say overblown, but I definitely think people, a lot of people didn't have the faith in Ben Affleck that they probably should have. Ben Affleck's career is Ben Affleck's career. He's made a lot of terrible decisions. Yeah. But I mean, you you could go through his filmography and you can point and find absolute gems where he has made amazing things. Fantastic actor. No matter what anyone says about Ben Affleck, if anyone tells you he's not a great actor. Oh, his awards and nominations yeah, have their own Wikipedia page. Yeah, and anyone who yes. anyone who thinks Ben Affleck is not a great actor doesn't know who great actors are, <laughs> or they're being just intentionally. Well, they only saw Electra. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he's he's made some bad movies. I'm, yes. I'm not going to say that he didn't make bad movies because sure, sure. Again, no, I agree. I'm agreeing with you. I'm I, I'm 100. Yeah. I I'm one of the few. It feels like that thought that Ben Affleck would make a great Batman, especially old old man Batman as I call him, you know, kind of return to the dark Knight style of Batman. I thought he, I thought he does perfect for it. And yeah. I still, to this day, think that he did fantastic in Batman v Superman. I thought his portrayal of Batman in justice league 2017 was also good. As much as I have other issues with that movie, I didn't have an issue with him and his portrayal yeah. of Batman. I'm not in love with his Bruce Wayne, mainly because I think it flies a little too close to the sun of who Ben Affleck probably is in real life. Uh, <laughs> Brooding. <laughs> no, I, like, I just mean like he's like he's just uh, a rich guy, right? I just, maybe, I feel, sure. I feel like one day we'll have our discussion over, or we'll have our list of Batmans and Bruce Waynes next to each other, and then we'll discuss that. But I always appreciated his portrayal. I, uh, <laughs> I definitely love that they went with the bodysuit, like um, they did for uh, that Zachary Eli, was that his name, in Shazam? Oh, yes. Uh, yes. I think that's his name. I mean, I was saying yes to Shazam, not to Zachary Eli. Zachary Levi. Sorry. Mm, yeah, our bad. Yeah, my, my mistake. They went with bodysuits, like padded bodysuits when they're wearing the actual outfits yeah. to make themselves look bigger. Not everyone can do what Chris Evans did <laughs> or yeah. um, uh, or Henry Cavill and just yeah, bulk just... up to this massive human being. Yeah, we don't uh, have the time <laughs> to actually work out that much we also don't have the money to pay for all those calories and steroids yeah. but you know so speaking of ben, like ben affleck does do you have a favorite ben affleck film besides the snyder cut i guess <laughs> you know it's he's got like he just really has so many yeah i personally think that he is a great director as well as a great actor i really enjoyed argo I really enjoyed The Town. The Town is one of my favorite movies. Have you seen The Town? Uh, not yet. You should put it on I, your list. It's great. I'm going to go ahead and say <laughs> you were the bomb in Phantoms, yo. No. Oh, my goodness. 
it would probably be Boiler Room and Armageddon. If I had Armageddon, to, if I had really? To, if I had to pick, man, I love Armageddon. I will not have a negative thing said about that movie on this podcast. He was also in Buffy, the Vampire. Yeah, Slayer. he was basketball player number ten. Yeah, uncredited. <laughs> Very early in his career, very very early. So yours is yours is the town in Argo. Uh, yeah, well, saying? he directed Argo, so I brought that up, mm-hmm. and I think it won some awards. But no, I think the town is probably my favorite okay. movie with him. But he's like you said, he does so much. Yeah, and I felt like he he did really well in this in Zack Snyder's Justice League, and I liked that he got to have some comedy. Right, he had a couple of punchlines, I guess, that didn't feel super cheesy or cringe. When the Flash is getting in his car, yeah. you know, before like, it does the Mitsubishi commercial or whatever it was, Mercedes, Mercedes. Yeah. When he's getting into the car, he's like, so what's your power? And he's just, I'm rich. Uh, <laughs> just <laughs> classic, classic Affleck. That was great. We talked about Ben. Let's talk about Henry Cavill a little bit. Sure. Someone whose career that I have watched with great interest, actually, did not know he was British, actually, for yeah. a long time. Really? Yeah. I, I found out in... The, uh, what's it called? What's that movie? The Man from Uncle? Yes, The Man from Uncle. I was watching a, a press tour with him on it, um, with him, Arnie, Arnie Hammer, or Army Hammer, and he just starts talking, and I was like, ho, 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 this dude's British? <laughs> Wait a second, when did this happen? Apparently the entire time. Yes, so, but he was uh, born in May 5th, 1983. <laughs> so for your entire life, so we yeah. established in our previous bonus episode that you were born in 85 so for your entire yeah. life he's been british yeah i'm pretty yeah. I'm pretty excited you're literally over 30 <laughs> years out of touch he <laughs> has had a lot of very interesting roles so he as an actor he started out i think his his big breakout was the count of monte cristo Sure. Fantastic movie. Yeah. Great movie. He was also in a couple other things. He was in Stardust, which is, I think, an underrated fantasy family adventure movie. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen it. It's really good. He's in The Immortals. He plays a character called Theseus. Pretty cool. He's also in Man of Steel, obviously, as Superman. Uh, he's in The Man from Uncle. A lot of mans. Uh, yeah, he Batman, is a man. He's Superman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah, great in that. Most recently, he was in another movie called Enola Holmes that was straight to Netflix. Uh, not terrible. I have not seen not it. Not great. That's what it looked like, so I decided yeah. not to watch your it. Little, your little <laughs> sisters might really like it. Yeah. He's also in a couple of TV shows, famously on The Tudors. Midsummer Murders. That's a British show. Yeah, well, I think really I think, just I, one episode of that, I believe. Yeah, well, it, much in the vein of Doctor Who. If you're a British actor, you've been on Midsummer Murders. And then I think most recently famous, other than being Superman, he's was cast as Geralt of Rivia for the Witcher TV show. Yes, which is a absolutely fantastic Netflix series. I highly recommend you watch it if you haven't uh, watched it. The second season's coming out soon. It's pretty okay. Okay. Yeah, I I really like Henry Cavill. He's also a member yeah. of the PC Master Race, so appreciate that. He's had a very interesting career so far because he's 37 and he doesn't make that many movies. Like, and maybe it's because he was in the Tudors for so long. I mean, three, four three years. years. Yeah. yeah, but if you look at his filmography and you compare it to some other people's, like he oh, was we were in, just looking at Ben Affleck, but yeah. Well, no, I'm saying like just other actors his movie like this is the years 2001 2000 and 2003 2005 2006 2006 2007 2009 2009 2011 
2012, 2013, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2017, 2018, 2018, 2020, 2021. So he's like, maybe he's just very picky and he only chooses to do certain things, but he's, yeah. he's been acting for, let's see, since 2001 to so acting for 20 years and has only been in 18 or 19 movies. It's just yeah. interesting. It's an interesting career. And I don't think he, I've ever seen him in a movie where he was bad. No. Like a bad actor, you mean? Yeah, for the most part. Like, I've never seen any any role that he's ever in where I was just like, shouldn't have done that. Right. <laughs> well, he's cultivating a very, very solid filmography. Maybe it's because he just plays too many video games. I didn't mention his, him being uh, a PC gamer. But yeah, he's just... <laughs> he works out for four hours a day, plays eight yeah. hours of video games, <laughs> plays some Warhammer 40K. What else yeah. are you going to do with the with your time? You know, like like in 2020, it was announced that a new character paying tribute to Cavill and Witcher character Geralt would be added to Total Warhammer 2. Like, so yeah, why not? <laughs> it's just he also plays 40K. So I don't know. Like, he's just interesting cat. That's all I'm going to say. Well, you know that <laughs> you've heard the story about he was in a wow raid mm. and like, so he's playing world yeah. of Warcraft or whatever. And he missed, he almost missed the call <laughs> for his first big movie or whatever it was. I forget what movie it was. So, so yeah. Yeah. I just, it's he's well, really he's just an example of why me and you, the giant <laughs> nerds that we are should be much more fit. <laughs> not that I'm super unhealthy, but I'm not Henry Cavill. And I want to venture to say, that I haven't seen you in two or three months, but I want to say that you're also lacking his physique. I could probably exercise more. Is what yes. you're I, could, I could probably take Arnold's <laughs> advice, exercise more. <laughs> so you got anything for him? His screen time is much lower compared to pretty much everyone else that we're going to talk about. Um, obviously, he gets a lot of screen time in the movies leading up to this. He's a great actor. I like his portrayal of a younger, unsure, trying to figure himself out Superman and uh, eager to see him in that role again in the future. All right. Our third principal actor, I think, um, and, and the third of the big three in no particular order. Yeah. Gal Gadot, or as she is known as her, her legal name, Gal Gadot Varsano, because oh. uh, she's married to a, a, a Jason Varsano. A Jason Varsano, not the Jason Varsano? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. Famously is got her, her big break on Fast and the Furious. Yes. Where she plays a character named Giselle Yashar. First time I'd ever seen her was... I, I think I saw her in Dawn of Justice before I saw Fast and the Furious. What? Really? Okay. I skipped I skipped like number four to Yeah, that's right. Was that confusing? Skipping four to like seven or eight? N- no, um I didn't watch any of them after Tokyo Drift. Uh I skipped uh, so. Tokyo Drift and four. So the first thing I saw her in was Fast Five. I realized mm-hmm. I was missing something. <laughs> went back. Yeah, okay. yeah no, I, I definitely went back and watched the rest of them, but yeah, so she's been in Fast and the Furious, Date Night, Night and Day, Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six, knocking out Sh- or I'm sorry, kicking out Shoshana. Furious 7, Dawn of Justice. I mean, she's just had an interesting yeah. career as well. Obviously, she's Wonder Woman in this. I think she does a really good job. She's the first big screen debut of Wonder Woman. So we really don't have a baseline for her to like compare to. Obviously, Linda Carter. Right, right. Played Wonder Woman famously in the 60s and 70s. Uh, I believe it was the 70s. I'm going to assume it was the 70s. Correct me if I'm wrong. I won't. And that was a campy, poorly filmed edited show so it's really difficult but i think as a whole 
And I said this before in our Wonder Woman 1984 review. I'm not sure if she's the best actress. Right. I think she does she does well with the material that she's given, but for the most part, I mean, she does a great job. So she reminds yeah. me this is going to be a little controversial. Uh-oh. Or I'm going to open your mind. Probably the first <laughs> one. She reminds me of The Rock. Not the world's greatest actor, but handles the roles given very, very well and really embodies embodies them to the best of their ability. Mm, I don't I don't know if I agree with that. All right. Well, entirely. <laughs> I, I guess I disagree based simply on the fact that Dwayne The Rock Johnson has all of the world's charisma. So you don't think she's charismatic? If you're ever sitting at home and you're like, man, I wish I was more charismatic. It's because The Rock stole your charisma when you weren't paying attention. <laughs> That's fair. I was specifically thinking of their acting abilities, not yeah, well, her modeling or his no, no, wrestling. No, but what, what I mean is that's what he can bring to any role that he's in. It doesn't matter who the character is because he's even in other movies like what's that uh, gain? Was it no pain, no gain? Right. Yeah. With Marky Mark. Yeah. In uh, Hawkeye. Yeah. Great movie. A fantastic movie, interesting role, and he plays this weird kind of sullen, self-destructive individual. Maybe a little slow, yeah. But but still oozing with charisma. And not that Gal Gadot isn't charismatic, but I, I think it would be unfair to compare her to probably one of the most famous people in the past 20 years. That's fair. Uh, I was just thinking, because he's in everything, but, and, he, and everyone goes, oh yeah, The Rock's in that. But no one is... They're excited because The Rock is there, not because he's such a great actor that they can't wait to see him perform. Yeah, that's And that's this how I kind of feel about Gal Gadot. Like, oh, she's in it. The role she's in, I really like. I want to go see her, but I'm not expecting, I don't know who to compare. I don't want to want to start talking about uh, actors and actresses I really enjoy, but I just don't expect the best. Does that make sense? Yeah, maybe if she starts calling herself by a, like a third name, like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, she starts calling herself Gal something Godot, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, you, you don't. Um. <laughs> I didn't know she was in Date Night or Night and Day, so that's Yeah, fun. I didn't realize she was in Night and Day. I don't really remember that movie. I've seen it, but mm. I remember Date Night. Okay. We've kind of briefly touched on Ben Affleck as Batman and Henry Cavill as Superman, and we talked. We kind of talked about Gal Gadot not having anyone to compare it to, but I'm, I'm going to disagree a little bit, because we can compare the portrayal of Wonder Woman by Gal Gadot in the Snyder Cut with the portrayal of Wonder Woman in Wonder Woman 1984. (laughs) I mean, because we just watched that a few months ago, right? That came out Christmas. Yeah. I mean, she does a great job as Wonder Woman, but I mean, the advantage of having a standalone movie is you get a little bit of a opportunity to kind of push the envelope. And even in the extra scenes that she has in this particular film, I don't think she does anything special. I think she's, she's just Wonder Woman. You know, it was her second attempt at the character, right? Because she was in Batman v Superman first. Yep. And then Wonder Woman. And right? then Wonder Woman. And then Wonder yeah. Woman 1984. And, oh, actually, technically, then Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> then 1984. Now this this big so, cut. Okay. So to expand it a little bit, and this is a little off topic, I know. But this okay. is half my podcast and I'll do what I want. Sure. Her portrayal aside, because I would agree with you that she did a good job playing Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 1984, at least that version of her. Do, but how do you compare that the characters? Between 1984 and the Snyder Cut. Well, it's it's strange because the movie that comes after this one is a prequel. So it's it's right. interesting that all the depth that you get in 1984, you don't receive in this one. 
So oh, I mean, wow. obviously, I just obviously, dis- yeah, I disagree. But keep going, I guess. What do you mean? No, no, finish. I don't mean to interrupt. Oh, I know. I was just saying that she does a good job as Wonder Woman in this, but she's part of an ensemble cast, and she her additional scenes really don't involve her doing anything besides talking to people. She is hanging out at a museum, sees that some fires going on, and she's like, "Oh my god, there's been an invasion!" And then she goes, picks you know up how, an arrow. You know how she gets from Europe to that island so quickly. From France, wherever she's at. Well, she rides the lightning, right? Well, she, you know, well, she's an Amazon, so she she qualifies for next day shipping. Ugh. <laughs> 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 no, I really hated the way, and we we talked about it when we talked about Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. I felt like they they made her much so I don't know they just made her so much less important in her own movie so much less powerful so much less influential so much less of a presence and part of that's the theme of the movie or whatever but she's such a bigger force of nature now I know there's like a 30 some odd year difference in universe between those two films to me it feels like two different interpretations of Wonder Woman yeah. that happen to be played by the same person. I agree. I'm not saying that you're wrong. It's just what I was, I guess what I was trying to say is the additional screen time she gets in this movie doesn't really lend itself to like fleshing out the character. So we don't get the opportunity for her to be anything okay. other than Ju- Justice League Wonder Woman. Okay. Whereas I can see that. Even, even if we didn't appreciate her character's arc in Wonder Woman 1984, I'd venture to say that the character had more depth in that movie because she had the ability to have depth. Sure. You know what I she mean? She also refound her sword and shield since then, but yeah. <laughs> all right. Ray Fisher. Yes. Plays Cyborg. First thing I think I've ever seen Ray Fisher in, actually. He's only been in three movies. They're all... <laughs> He's been Cyborg. Yeah. That's it. He's in a couple of television works astronaut wives club true detective women of the moment movement i'm sorry um but yeah no so like he's 33 and henry henry cavill is 37 (laughs) he's only been in three movies compared to this other guy so how do you think he's doing in his first big screen role mixed okay definitely mixed and it might it might be because of the cyborg cgi suit yeah i mentioned this in the initial reaction pod but his face is hard to look at. Yeah, and it's his his body language is difficult. Apparently, he's been in a lot of theater, mm. which is interesting because on when you're on stage, your acting is so much more than what your face is because usually you're so far away from the people watching you that they really can't get a good glimpse of that. So you have to act with your whole body. In the scenes where he's just walking around as Victor Stone or moving around, or he's playing football or whatever. Right, and the flashbacks or like his imagination or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's whatever. But the cyborg CGI suit was problematic. It was my least favorite bit of CGI. And I have some good things to say about the CGI in this movie, but I don't know if he did the mocap or not. If he didn't, then it kind of makes sense that it looks off because it's just not him. Like he's just not emoting. And we've seen completely CGI characters emote better. And I'm not talking about Jar Jar Binks. I know <laughs> we, we just watched thought. Tom and Jerry. And, we, we, you know, no, they're not. But those are cartoons. But I mean, even yeah, sure. uh, Ultron to go to a different superhero movie. Ultron emoted very well. And he didn't have part human face. Right. Like I yeah. believed Ultron. I don't believe Cyborg. And it's a little yeah. it's a little difficult. Honestly, they needed to do a practical. His head needed to be 100 percent practical maybe slightly touched up. Yeah. If they'd done that, it would have been a lot more believable. I most recently watched RoboCop. 
Which one? The the original RoboCop okay. from nineteen okay. eighty whatever. And it's I think it's the first time I've ever seen it in four K. And I didn't realize that that suit was just made out of just you know ABS plastic or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And so like when yeah. I was a kid watching it on VHS or watching it on cable, you know, it I thought I I, I thought that was just a guy in a metal suit, right? But he's not, and you can like see the flex now oh, really? in certain scenes where he's moving around, or he's got that he that thing that is under his jaw is supposed to be like metal, and it's clearly like polyurethane or whatever. But they were still able, like in the eighties, forty years ago, were still able to have plastic. Like you were still able to have someone in a suit and sure. have emotion. You know, yeah. We watched, uh, well, not we. Well, I think we've watched it, but just not for the pod. But dread. Yeah. Carl Urban. Yeah. Like, you see from the bottom of this guy's nose mm-hmm. to his jaw, <laughs> or his chin, and he has all of the emotion in the world. So I don't want to hear the excuse that it was CGI, like, because it's just not, like, it's not a good excuse. It's problematic. Yeah. Well, I, so. <laughs> how, do I, how do I put it? It's just that the CGI was so off-putting. I think that Ray Fisher did well. We're kind of going off. We were talking about Ray Fisher's performance. Yeah. His, I'm talking about production only. He's yeah. being, yes, he's being let down by the production. Ray Fisher does fantastic for our first big screen cyborg ever. I couldn't be happier with who they chose to portray him. Yeah. Could not be happier. And I, and I hope that this leads, I know that he is in conflict, I guess, with Warner Brothers or with a particular executive. He's he's accused Joss Whedon, who took over for Zack Snyder in twenty seven or for the twenty seventeen version of the movie of workplace harassment. You know, who knows how that's gonna fall out. I really hope that all of that works out in his favor and that he, he not only is he able to push past it and be all right, but that he continues to get roles and, and can grow in his his career. Yeah. Yeah. See? All right. Who's next? Our next principal member of the Justice League, Jason Momoa, or his full Legal name, Joseph Jason Namekiha Moa. Momoa. 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 Big fan of Jason Momoa. He's in one of my all-time favorite shows, Stargate Atlantis. He also portrays Cal Drogo for the first two seasons of Game of Thrones. He made it through two seasons? I guess so. I guess so. I'm trying to remember. I think, I mean, he has some, like, cameos in some of the later ones, but very interesting career. I first saw him in, you know, obviously... Stargate Atlantis, but his big screen, I think big, big break was the 2011 remake of Conan, the Barbarian. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw that. It's not a bad one. Not great, but it's not awful. But uh, he's had a very interesting career as well. Got his television break on Baywatch Hawaii from 1999 to 2001. He was in 38 episodes. Pretty neat. Did some other television. He was in a a show called uh, North Shore. Then he made his film debut in a movie called Johnson Family Vacation, which I've never seen. <laughs> no. Uh, but it but has Cedric the Entertainer, Vanessa Williams, Bow Wow, Shannon Elizabeth, and Steve Harvey, and Jason Momoa. Apparently. Oh, has Bow Wow in it. Oh, got to run <laughs> yeah. out and see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then he was on 73 episodes of SGA. That's yeah. when he really started getting into acting. Very interesting career. Sure. He's He has a very distinct look. Which, you know, we were talking about The Rock earlier, yeah. um, of just someone who's who fills the screen with his presence. And I think, while probably not as charismatic on the same level as Dwayne The Rock Johnson, like, I've never seen Jason Momoa in anything where he wasn't, he didn't chew up the scene, 
Hmm. You know what I mean? Like everything that he's in, he takes up the camera, especially in this one. We kind of get a little bit of it in in the first Justice League movie where he's kind of a scene stealer where he like cracks jokes like he they're riding around in the, the Russia, you know, abandoned town fight. And he jumps off the Batmobile into midair to fight (laughs) some parademons. Yeah, why not? You know, it's great. Especially in Aquaman, he just chews every scene that he's in in there. Like he, you know, he's he's in a movie with William Defoe, and they share multiple scenes in it. And he kind of steps on (laughs) William Defoe's like toes a little bit. Willem Defoe. I saw his name in the opening credits, and I was like, who is Willem Defoe? I I haven't seen Aquaman. I need to go see it now. I didn't know Willem Dafoe was in it. My bad, oh, okay. everyone. So he does great. He's got the best one-liners. <laughs> he has one of my favorite lines in the film when they enter the Bat Cave, and <laughs> Bruce Wayne, Ben Affleck, just looks over at Alfred and goes, "This is Alfred. I work for him." And they're all looking around. <laughs> and, uh, well, Aquaman, Arthur Curry, or Arthur yeah. Curry walks by. Alfred's this is badass. Alfred, it just keeps walking. <laughs> oh man can we also talk about how weird it is to see jason momoa in stargate atlantis reruns (laughs) where he's so tiny (laughs) he's bigger than me so it's weird to think of him as small in stargate atlantis but he's like half the size it's just weird it's just really weird and those dreads ugh. i'm glad that look left yeah he's just I've really appreciated his his career. I've I've really enjoyed it over the years. I mean, he's just the other thing I like about him is his eyebrows. Yeah, they're very much like an upside down check mark, and he's got a scar over his left eye. Which I mean, I assume he's had that his for a while now, but uh, it adds to his look. But he just he always looks like he's like about to bite you. Like, does that make yeah. sense? Like he's, he's about to lash he, out, right? At the same time, you see him behind the scenes, like talking. He's you know, he's an actor. He's personable. So, oh, yeah. Uh, apparently he was slashed in the face with a broken beer bottle in 2008 oh. in Hollywood, California. So that's the reason why he has that scar in his Interesting. Eyebrow. My favorite little tidbit about Jason Momoa portraying Aquaman is he was interviewed during some press tour. I think it was for the um, Justice League. And someone asked him, like, in this movie, you had to do a lot of scenes where you were swimming around. Was any of that uncomfortable or like difficult for you? And he just laughs and was like, I'm Hawaiian, bro. <laughs> so that's pretty yeah. cool. He's also going to be in Dune. Yeah, he's going to be in Dune, bro. So pretty excited. Yeah, for that. I'm excited for Dune. He's also going, they're making another Aquaman movie. Yes, which that's I've heard. I think he's going to be reunited with his Game of Thrones co-star, Amelia Clark. She's taking oh. over the role as Mira. Oh, is she? Yeah. It makes the end of this movie a little awkward. All right. <laughs> Amber Heard has had some legal issues. I'll leave him at that. And so um, I believe she is being recast. So yeah. I, I, I eagerly anticipate any movie. Oh, he also Jason voiced Aquaman in Lego Movie 2. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Lego Movie 2, the second part. Oh, uh, yeah. All so, right. Let's move on to, uh, to my man Ezra. Okay. Ezra Miller. Yeah. Very interesting career so far. The youngest of the group at 28. Yeah. He got his big debut, I believe, on Californication, the television show, and a movie called After School. But I don't think I saw him in anything before Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, actually. He he had a... I, we talked about our, our initial our reaction pod where I said that he wasn't in the other ones. Well, he was. He had like a short little 
Yeah, um, when like he's got the meta human file and yeah, they're yeah, looking yeah. at it. So but, technically, but you know, it's a cameo. But the first time, the first time I ever saw him on screen was Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And then he was in Justice League. Absolutely loved him in this one as well. He has the best joke in the movie, which was in the 2017 cut and yeah. stayed in this one. And I knew it was coming as it was happening. As, as I say joke, gag. And I still laughed. I laughed and I laughed. It was fantastic. Which one is that? Oh, when uh, <laughs> when Superman has been resurrected, supposedly, he's been healed, I would say, as he was never really dead. And they're fighting him. And he, I guess Wonder Woman and Aquaman are kind of holding him in place with full strength. And the Flash is like, I'm going to, or maybe Cyborg, or maybe all three. And Flash is like, I'm going to run around him. And as he's running, it's all slow-mo. And then you just see Superman's eyes move over. And then his head turns to the Flash during the slow-mo. And just the <laughs> look on Ezra Miller's face as he's freaking out because he's seeing something oh, he's no. never seen before. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just too much. Uh, yeah. I love that. I just, I died. It was great. I died laughing. And I came back from laughing. Mm. I think the first thing I saw him in was also Justice League. I might have seen the perks of being a wallflower, but I don't remember it. So mm. I'm going to say this is that, that was the first thing I've seen him in. Okay. Apparently he was also in an episode of the Arrow. Yes. Yes, he was. So he, the he plays uh, Barry Allen, the Flash. Yes. yes. When they did their giant Crisis on Infinite Earths bit, mm. there's a short scene as the Flash is doing his thing, the Flash in the show, where the Flash from the movies shows up and they check out each other's <laughs> outfits and then they move on. <laughs> That's enough. it. It was, uh, it was cool. a nice cameo. And I understand that the, there is a Flash movie coming and it will be about the multiverse, which is a little unfortunate because Marvel is also about to do multiverse stuff. So they're, it's just like DC's kind of caught in this, whether whether it's true or not, it's gonna, they're caught in this perceived copying of Marvel in the, on the big screen. I don't know which of the, the comic books came up with the idea of the multiverse first. I think it was DC, but that is a guess yeah. at best. <laughs> Who knows? I just, I'm more familiar with the concept of the multiverse in the DC universe. Yeah. Especially with characters like the Flash and whatnot, where it comes up more often. So, yeah. Well, I mean, they they directly referenced, maybe not Flashpoint, but he's going to have to go back in time. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, eventually. That's, like, the cameo he gets in uh, Donna Justice is he appears before Bruce Wayne and he says, Lois Lane is the key or something to that effect. And in this version, we actually get a callback to that where Bruce is like, I was sitting here and Barry appeared before me. And I think he was from the future and he kept telling me that Lois Lane is the key. Yeah, he reiterated it. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the the ending of this movie. The epilogue. Spoilers. The epilogue. When the Joker and Batman are talking, he says, we're going to have to undo all the stuff that you did. So I think they know. Like that was always the plan. And in fact, if, if you've got time, listeners, you should definitely read the Wikipedia article, uh, the production of the Justice League film. Because it also talks about all of the planned sequels that Zack Snyder had. There's like four or five different movies that he was planning on that just got scrapped for various reasons. But that's, I mean, they're pointing directly at it. Yeah, absolutely. They're gearing up for something big. There's a lot of really great stories in the DC comic books that they could do on the big screen. I just, I think that the success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe 
kind of put them it just it just put DC in a in a in, a, in Warner Brothers in a city of trying to play catch up because they're trying to cash in like you've mentioned in our previous episode the bubble right eventually superhero movies are going to burst and they're not going to be nearly as popular I think that that bubble is going to be a little further out than a lot of people think, especially since we haven't had any new Marvel movies this past year. Not really, right? People aren't going to the big screen theater experience right now. Um, So I think that that kind of elongates it a little bit, but eventually it's going to burst. And so Warner Brothers is trying to cash in while they can. And I think they've made a lot of mistakes along the way because of that. Uh, Namely, you know, there's there's been a couple of bad movies. Well, I've said this before. On one of our episodes, I don't remember which one, where I talked about how I think DC's main problem is they just refuse to do anything different. Now, that being said, this is this was different. So this bodes well. But sure, yeah. not everything has to be this huge serial story. You don't have to have this massive arc that spans 12 years, right? From the first Iron Man movie to the Infinity War. Like, you don't have to have that. You can have self-contained stories that exist within your franchise that aren't connected like this new batman movie that's coming out the batman not related in any way to justice league right well as far as we as far as we know yeah as far as we know like who knows yeah as far as we know why can't they make the dark knight returns Ooh. well they, they teased death in the family pretty hard didn't they in this movie uh no because that's well that's barbara gordon not lois lane is it barbara gordon Oh, no, 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 no. About Death in no, the Jason Family. Todd. No, Jason, Jason Todd. Yeah, Jason Todd. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They tease, but what I'm saying they tease is... Death in the Family pretty hard. And I would love to see a Ben Affleck trilogy of Batman movies with Death in the Family being in there and yeah. Return of the Dark Knight. And uh, that would just be great. And him yeah. beating the living crap out well, of Jared Leto. <laughs> well, because they, they do this in their animated studios already where they have all these different animated movies that come out that aren't related. So I think the opportunity exists, sure. but I don't think Warner Brothers executives will ever do it, which is kind of sad. If you want to talk about some of the other actors that were in this movie... We can go through the list real quick, yeah. Amy Adams. I, d- I don't think her role was pared down for this, but I feel like she had less screen time than she did in the other one. I think it was about the same amount of screen time. There's just a lot more screen. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know. I, f- right. I felt like she had less screen time, but it may be because of the length of the movie. Sure. We've already discussed William Defoe is in this. Fantastic. Always upvote William Defoe. Jesse Eisenberg, unfortunately, returns as Lex Luthor. Jeremy Irons does a really good Alfred. Diane Lane plays Martha Kent. Uh, Connie Nielsen. She is also Hippolyta. plays Martian Manhunter, p- oh, pretending to be Martha Kent. Shut up. <laughs> J.K. Simmons was Commissioner Gordon. Syrian Hines was Steppenwolf. Yes. Most famously, Caesar and uh, Mance Raider from Game of Thrones. Then we have uh, Zhang Kai, who I don't even remember him from the original Justice League, plays Ryan Choi, uh, who eventually becomes the Adam, I think. So that's neat. Oh, really? Sprinkling in it a little bit there. Nice. Uh, Amber Heard, as previously mentioned, plays Mira. Joe Morton as Silas Stone. And then uh, we go down a little bit here. Uh, Ray Porter is Darkseid, who I didn't even know who Ray Porter is, uh, but apparently he's a very, very famous audiobook narrator. Oh, really? Yeah. He just <laughs> he just is in a bunch of things. A bunch of voice acting, I guess. He's also in a bunch of television, but I don't I, I don't know what he looks like because he doesn't have a picture on Wikipedia. Well, he's about eight foot tall, very muscular, <laughs> you know, he stares intently. And kind of last but not least, uh, Henry Lennox was John John's 
the Martian Manhunter. Yes. And then uh, Jared Leto, his little cameo is the Joker. Did you just skip Peter Guinness? You just go through the whole list. No, you skipped a few, I guess. But okay. Peter Guinness. Oh, I guess yeah. I did. Yeah, he played Dasad. That's fair. Yeah, so um, I think for the most part, all of our leaders do a really, really good job. I don't think anyone was out of place. Um, I don't think anyone did a bad job. I've always liked Jill Morton, Silas Stone, the Victor of Victor Stone. Uh, the I'm sorry, the father of Victor Stone. First time I ever saw him was Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And that's an introduction that will forever leave an indelible impression on me. So yeah, yeah those are our actors. Fantastic. Do you want to talk about the, the characters they portray in this movie? We've kind of talked about that a little bit already. I didn't have any issues with the portrayal of any of the comic book characters that I was familiar with. So which includes all the big ones, right? All the ones that everyone would be familiar with. I didn't have a problem with their portrayal at all. I enjoyed it quite a bit. There are probably some comic book nerds out there, and I use the the term affectionately, <laughs> that will sit down and maybe pick at little things or different interpretations, because I'm sure, because I've not read thousands of issues of comic books. I haven't read anything recently. So I, you know, I don't know if these characters are based on certain runs more than other comic book runs more than others. I don't know. How did you feel about everyone's the the in-universe portrayal of these characters? I think there's some complaints about this Superman, maybe not being as altruistic because I think they call him the big boy scout. Whether those that opinion is unfounded or founded or whatever, I'm all for new things. So the opportunity to see some of these characters on the big screen for the first time and maybe the second, third or fourth time or whatever, I didn't really have a problem with any of them. The problem with Superman is what do you do with Superman, especially in an ensemble uh, movie like Justice League? Superman doesn't necessarily need everyone else. Now, I think they did a really, really good job in the Snyder Cut of making them a team and making everyone contribute. But a lot of that is also because Superman was not there until the end. I mean, even the Joss Whedon cut of Justice League is all about getting Superman back because he could save us all, right? Right. Which I thought was absolutely horrible. But it's just, what do you do? How do you how do you challenge him? So a lot of times it has to do with him trying to figure out who is the bad guy. What are they trying to do? How do I stop it? And less about him actually stopping it. In the Snyder movies, the DC Extended Universe, they do a little bit of that, but it is but it's more soul-searching, trying to figure out what's going on in like Batman v Superman, trying to figure out why whatever is happening is happening. But they also tack on who can fight, who can be a physical menace to Superman. And there's valid complaints about that. There's valid complaints about the the other the other way as well. And I don't know which one's right or wrong, you know? Yeah. I mean, they, they had him fight uh, Zod in Man of Steel. A lot of people were upset. They should have saved that character for later. But yeah, but they wanted to have a fight scene. And who else is he going to fight? <laughs> you know? And then, of course, he gets killed, more or less, in the next movie. I don't know. Like, would you, what would you have done with the character? You brought up there are complaints about him. And I, I get those complaints, but... Well, I, I, the complaints mainly stem from his... Like his portrayal as a person, not necessarily what he does or what he contributes to the Justice League, because that's always been in any media, whether it's like the Justice League cartoon from the 90s or any of the the animated movies that they do or any of the comic books. The question always is, why does Superman join the Justice League? 
because he can do it all on his own. Well, because he can't do it all on his own because he was killed by Batman. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, sure, like, sure, sure. The only reason why he didn't die earlier in Dawn of Justice is because he screamed out the word Martha. Yeah, he reminded Batman of his dying father, which is apparently Batman's Achilles heel. I'm not going <laughs> to dive into breaking down no, that no, no. scene. But but, yeah. but but what I'm saying is the reason why he joins the Justice League is because he needs to be a part of it. The Justice League needs Superman as much as Superman needs the Justice League. Because even though he is the fastest, strongest, most powerful hero or whatever, he can't do it all by himself. Which essentially what you do is when you have Superman in a movie, you just get the biggest, baddest person. You make him fight that person and then you just have everyone else deal with sure the lackeys or the hench you know, what, I, what, I, what the hench persons, whatever. Whoever's trying to hench. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It's more about the character, but. Yeah. Also, don't hench. Yeah. Not hinching is not worth it, especially when a world <laughs> Superman. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Like the boys, a show that came out most recently where they're, what's that guy's name? The the Superman knockoff? What's his name? Uh, I knew before you asked. <laughs> Whoever he is, the Superman Homelander. Homelander, yeah. They talk about how when they've captured the guy who turns invisible and they're trying to figure out a way to kill him, he says, you know, Homelander showed up and no one survived or they're, they they all died or whatever. So, yeah, that's why you have Superman only focus on one person, which is sure. the strongest person that exists in the movie. And then you just have him target them. Sure. Even if he could have done it all on his own, his whole bit about trying to be a symbol of hope inspiration trying to be the captain america for lack of a better uh, analogy means that he should work with other people right yeah in terms of him being boring i can kind of see where people i don't i don't necessarily enjoy superman as a lot of other people you know whatever sure. we talked about this a little bit on our reaction episode where i think batman's probably the number one overall pick in the in the superhero draft uh, as far as favorites yeah yeah superman's probably top five but being the best doesn't necessarily mean being everyone's favorite. Sure. All right. I'm in. So I'd like to point out a few things that I really liked about the movie in no particular okay. order. Specific scenes, that type of thing. If you have anything, jump in. I really enjoyed the extended Amazon Amazonian fight scene, battle sequence. The Amazons that use the big hammers and break the logs that, you know, tumble yeah, the temple into the ocean, those, whatever. Yeah. Just built impressive <laughs> as much as i've complained about especially in superhero movies where like mm, that person can't do that or that person punching that other person wouldn't do anything those women were seriously built they were the strongest looking people <laughs> the first like hour and a half of the movie just like holy crap i was super super impressed that they they uh they did that that whole battle sequence was fantastic what did you think i liked it i have a controversial take on the amazons uh-oh Especially how they're portrayed in the DC City universe. Yes. Hit us with your uh, misogyny. Let's do it. Well, it's not it's not misogyny. It's yeah. it's strictly their choice of equipment. They haven't updated themselves in thousands of years. Yeah, they they fight with bows and arrows and swords and shields. Now, tried true tested methods work. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Sure. That being said, could we wear some armor? Yeah. Like, I know they've got the breastplates and the armored skirts and the greaves on the legs, and they've got the, the bracers on the arms, but can we get some plate mail, some Kevlar? Like, if they're these crazy intellectuals as well as physical specimens, 
If they're as smart as they're supposed to be, you think they would have figured out a long time ago that that's not the best method of protecting yourself, especially when in World War One, when Steve Trevor crash landed his plane on their beach Mm -hmm. and the best warriors in the world were taken out by like 20 German soldiers with guns. Like, I'm just saying. But they've been practicing the same method of war for so long that I I just don't think they're capable of upgrading. They Mm -hmm. aren't exploiting the land for resources either. How are they going to build Kevlar? They're on their island. There's nothing there. How are they going to build guns if they don't have the materials to build guns? I'm just saying, I think John Wick could take out every single Amazon. Ah. Um, That's all all I'm going to say. All right. (laughs) I'm just Fair saying, enough. like, no, 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 no. Fair enough. It's, Fair pro- enough. it's problematic. It's an issue that I've had with Amazons as they are portrayed in the DC universe, not only in the movies but in the shows. Well, is it any just, is it any different than the portrayal of the Asgardians in the Marvel movies? Yeah, but they have magic. Yeah, I guess they do also have magic. I mean, yeah, like Thor's the god of thunder. Yeah, that's fair. No, no, no. You're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like, you're right. I'm just saying. There's. Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm, no, you've convinced me. I'm sorry. Fair I apologize. I. I I concede the point. (laughs) I have two. I have one major, major, major thing. And you've probably picked up on it. You just didn't realize it. (laughs) How do you not realize something and pick up on it at the same time? What what I'm saying is like, it may not have clicked in your head, but you probably saw it. The amount of story that was given to us in this movie, just because people don't pay attention to where they're going when they're driving, uh, (laughs) was excessive. Like... The entire scene when Victor and his mother are driving in the car, I'm like, look at the road. Look at the road. Look at the road. <laughs> yeah. And then they get killed by a giant truck, which I'm sure is the same truck that almost killed Iris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What are they doing? No, Pay yeah. Attention where I'm you're in. going. K- keep your eyes on the road, people. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Don't text and drive. Don't talk to your son and drive. If you drop a cheeseburger on the floor, don't eat the cheeseburger. <laughs> Move on with your life. Yeah, just eat the fries. You didn't yeah, need yeah, to you eat the fries. Anyways. You didn't need the cheeseburger, anyways. <laughs> I did. So, second one. I was really impressed with Steppenwolf's face. Okay. I felt that he emoted quite a bit, and it, which is weird because, you know, it would cut from him to a scene with Cyborg, and I'd be like, what is wrong with your face? <laughs> right. So, it was it was an interesting contrast, and I know it's just the combination of real life and CGI being harder to do than straight CGI, but I thought they did a really good job with him emoting throughout the film, yeah. especially for an all-CGI character. I like Steppenwolf. I really enjoyed him in the first movie. I really appreciated him getting not only more screen time, but we actually get to know a little bit about Steppenwolf. Yeah. I don't know. Do you know anything about him? Uh, he's... Darkseid's uncle and lackey, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If I remember correctly, he attempted to he attempted to take over right. Apocalypse. And then it, it just didn't work out. But oh, um, man, can we talk about how DC is so much worse at naming things? <laughs> well, <laughs> the bad guy's name is Darkseid. He lives on a planet called Apocalypse. Come on. No. I mean it's it's from like the it's from like the seventies, man. Yeah, so is <laughs> Thanos, but it's whatever. Steppenwolf, German for step wolf pretty cool oh sure what does that even mean a wolf of the step i mean oh okay wolf's on the step all right yeah step like Like, step uh, as an s-t-e-p or like p-p-e p-p-e like the like the steps i got you to say like of of eastern europe Uh, gotcha uh i i read about this a long time ago that the syrian hines did not like justice league or at least the how the movie portrayed steppenwolf because like 
I kind of felt sorry for the guy. There's that scene where he's talking to Desaad and he's like, come on, man, let me come home. I don't want to do this anymore. I, I just want to come home. I've been away for so long. And then Desaad's like, nah, fam, you owe Darkseid like 50,000 more worlds. And you just like see it on this dude's face where he's just like, yeah, <sighs> yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I really dug his armor. I appreciated how it moved. Yes. I remember being unimpressed with it some time ago. Uh, sorry, in the original cut. Yeah. But I was very impressed with the way it moved and just kind of flexed around him, the spikes that would pop out of it. Yeah. 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 I did appreciate the scenes with Darkseid. I think as a villain, despite his name, Darkseid's a really interesting character because what essentially, what, like, not only does he physically overpower people, but he engages in a in psychological warfare a lot. Like, that's what he does is he... He breaks people down by torturing them and then like makes them submit to him. Like, cause we kind of see it or whatever, where, where cyborg, when they drop the mother box into the fluid or whatever to help revive Superman. Yes. He has like a, a vision of what we can assume is a dead Lois Lane in Superman's arms. And then dark side comes up behind him and puts his hand on his shoulder. And then at the end of the movie in the epilogue, we see Superman fighting for, dark side yeah and we even got that in donna justice where yes. superman's fighting for dark side so kind of underrated dark side and thanos are kind of the same person in fact i think thanos was created after dark side because they needed a character like dark side i could be wrong but no i just i anticipate if they make a sequel seeing dark side in the sequel yes no absolutely absolutely i thought seven wolf was a great villain i'm really excited for for dark side let's talk about the nightmare scene it's come up a few times. Okay. The nightmare with a K scene. <laughs> this was all new footage. My understanding is that none of this was actually, none of the epilogue scene with them in the alternate future or the actual future, whatever it is, the whole nightmare thing is all new footage for the Snyder Cut. Either wasn't intended for the original or I don't know. Maybe it's just a post credit sting that they really drew out and threw at the beginning. Thoughts, opinions? I... I think Jared Leto's portrayal of the Joker, I think, got a lot of guff. I think a lot of it is unfortunate because in, in this movie or in or in Suicide Squad. Gotcha. And what's what's always made me laugh about that is <laughs> <laughs> the Joker is a psych. He's a psycho, right? Usually, so you have yes. These, you yeah. have these eternal representations of the Joker. You know, Jack Nicholson, one of the greatest actors of all time. Played yeah. the Joker, and he did a fantastic job of playing the Joker, and he's a completely different character than Jared Leto's Joker. And then you have Heath Ledger's portrayal, which, amazing, right? Really defined the character. Yeah. And then you got Mark Hamill did the voice, which is iconic as well. And then you have um, the guy who played him in the 60s television show, Cesar Romero. Cesar or Cesar? I think it's Caesar, but I, famous okay. for having a mustache that they would paint over in makeup because he refused to shave it for the show. <laughs> Dead out of Ted, Caesar, living your best life. And so when they showed images of the Joker for Suicide Squad, everyone was upset because they were like, oh my God, like, why? Like, why does he look like this? And it's a different movie. It's a different show. It's a different character. And I really liked him in this. I liked him in Suicide Squad, and I really liked him in this because they toned him down a little bit, but then somehow turned his creepiness up to 11, which I don't know how they managed to do both at the same time. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree with almost everything you've said, except for the part where you said he was good in the last movie. But No, no, no. I just I, I didn't hate his portrayal. Like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree that 
Jared Leto's <laughs> damaged Joker was a good idea. That whole movie, though, is a good idea on paper and just yeah. poorly executed. I'm glad we're getting a different Suicide Squad movie. And I'm glad that Jared Leto is continuing to play the Joker, but a new, better, creepier version of him. So yeah. okay. you said a lot of things right there, but how did you feel no, about just, that whole nightmare scene and, and a, as, a, as a whole? Sorry, I just went off on a joke. You did? No, no, no. It's cool. It's, it's a half your podcast. Do what you want. <laughs> no, I, I really like the ending. It kind of went on a little too long for me. I feel like that could have like they could have probably cut two or three minutes out of that. And I think it would have had the Possibly. same effect. I don't mm-hmm. think we needed to see Superman landing. It probably helps a little bit, you know, kind of reinforce that reviving him wasn't the best idea or at least using the mother box to revive him wasn't the best idea. Sure. It was interesting seeing the other people from the movie, Slade Wilson, Mira, Cyborg, the Flash. Yeah. You know, Batman. New, yeah. Different Flash outfit. Yeah. He's got facial hair, which is cool. Like different. Yeah. There was, there was really nifty. They All the costuming and props they did just for that scene. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I I don't know if they should have done it, but it was interesting. I if that makes think sense. they should have done it, or they should have done at least something if it wasn't exactly what they already did. Yeah. You're right. It did feel like it was lasting a little long, but I think it's just reading what I've read since watching the movie, Jared Leto really owned his portrayal of the Joker and ad-libbed it a bunch and I imagine they had a hard time cutting down to just what they want. Mm. But it, it fit the tone of the rest of the movie. And if that particular scene had somehow made sense to have in the middle of the movie, it would have been fine. But you're right. As a coda, as an ending, it was a bit, or well, it's called an epilogue. It yeah. was a bit long. But I'm not upset that it happened. And I'm okay that they didn't trim it. It's a four hour long movie. What's three extra minutes? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really eager to see where all that goes. I, I'm also eager to see which of these movies is canon or if it even matters. Well, again, I don't know what their plan is, right? Like, right. as far as I'm aware, Ben Affleck will not be portraying Batman again. Uh, I think he's going to be in the Flash movie. Is he not? I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. As far as I oh, know. as far as you know. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's in my if, if you were to ask me, gun to my head, the Snyder Cut is canon. Mainly because that was the original film that was supposed to be made. So that's the one that I'm going to that's the one that I'm going to say is canon. Now, for the most part, I don't see why it can't be canon because the way that the story ends, there isn't really much of a difference. The only real changes is that the Martian Manhunter revealed himself to the rest of us. Cool. Sure. Like, and that's about it. You know, like it ends where it ends. Yeah. But but what I'm saying is like, what's the real difference? We get additional scenes. We get more backstory. We get things that are explained a little better. We introduce Darkseid or, you know, but I think that was always the plan because in Dawn of Justice, we see his symbol like on the ground. So we always knew that Darkseid was going to appear. Steppenwolf is one of his lieutenants. So we know that he's a, a major part of the story. So I, I don't see why it's not canon. Okay. No, I'm, I'm with you. I just, yeah. it's a, it puts the whole extended universe in question. How? The characters are a little different. All of the scenes with Batman and Wonder Woman kind of being at odds with one another ideologically that were in the Joss Whedon cut are absent. Mm. They're a team this whole time. So it's got a different yeah. feel to it. And I hate for, I just, I don't know. I don't know. You're right. They could easily, I think they could easily make a sequel that is just a sequel in broad strokes and doesn't really reveal which movie is 
it's a sequel to, but I really hope they just double down on the Snyder cut. Same. Yeah. That's what I need. We got a couple things. We talked about Slade Wilson, Deathstroke, being in this as well. A couple of characters return from previous movies. A lot of minor characters. Uh, Kevin Costner's voice returns. Cool. <laughs> Russell Crowe's voice returns. Cool. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> David Thewlis as the voice of Ares, even though he didn't actually play the person. Sure, sure. On this particular one. Cool. So they had Green Lanterns in this movie. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I was racking my brain. Was there a Green Lantern in the original cut? No. Not at all. Okay. No. So. All right. He, I, I think they might have referred to him because th- there's that scene when Stephen Wolf arrives and he says, uh, there's no Kryptonians or. There's no Lantern. There's Lantern here. He might have said that in the first one. I don't remember. We'll find out when we watch it again. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I forgot we were doing that. But I'm really upset that Ryan Reynolds did not make an appearance in this movie. I <laughs> was thinking the same thing. <laughs> If, I know everyone like, wants Jon Stewart. I get I know it. he's the more popular Green Lantern. And that's, I get but, it. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you. I, I do like Jon Stewart. I'm more of a fan of him than Hal Jordan. Although I would say that Ryan Reynolds is Hal Jordan in the Green Lantern movie was more like Jon Stewart anyways. Whatever. If Ryan Reynolds had showed up in this movie as the Green Lantern, I don't know if I would have been able to contain myself. I don't know if I could have stopped myself from pausing the movie, calling you, video call, and then showing you my screen with Ryan Reynolds and Ben Affleck as Green Lantern and Batman. I don't, I'm sorry. I would have spoiled that for you. I I just, that would have been, that would have been such a fantastic reveal. And supposedly it was going to be Green Lantern at the end. And uh, the studio said no. So they made it John Johns. They made it Martian Manhunter instead. But, uh, oh man, mm, sorry. Yeah. I'm dreaming so. about it. Uh, <laughs> the universe in which the Snyder cut brings the Green Lantern movie into the DC extension universe. Well, I mean, I already made my, <laughs> I already made my plea that he should have appeared in Wonder Woman 1984. I already said what I said about that. Oh, how good would that have been? And you could have had Hal Jordan and then Jon Stewart because of the time yeah. difference. Yeah. You could have yeah. both. So I, I, I don't know why they... <laughs> I'm not sure why they they brought Steve Trevor back as some unnamed person when it could have just been Hal Jordan, but whatever. But I think it would be the first time that an actor portrayed a character in a different comic book universe the second time as a completely different version of himself. Except for the time that Ryan Reynolds played Deadpool. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, like it would be the it would be the only time where it happened twice. To the same person, to the same actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only time it would have ever happened. So, oh no, that's great. Yeah. There's cross-dimensional or there's cross-universe uh, portrayals. Right? I mean, yeah, the um, multiverse exists. They've done it in the Arrowverse and the Flash TV show quite a bit. They're kind of getting to it in these with the nightmare scenes. The new Flash movie is supposed to be part of it, so they could easily yeah. just. You have Ryan Reynolds portray the same character, but ignore yeah. the movie. Just do their own thing. And what I also mean is like, because Chris Evans plays Captain America most famously, but he was also in a DC thing DC. called The Losers. The Losers, oh, I think. Yeah, that's not really a com- that's a comic book movie, but not a superhero movie. You're forgetting that he was the Human Torch, but okay. No, no, no. But what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is he like that was a DC property and Ryan Reynolds was Deadpool and the Green Lantern. So- I, I don't see why he wasn't in it. I don't know why the studio turned it down. I mean, 
maybe because he's Ryan Reynolds and he's just in this weird phase where he is he's so famous for being Deadpool that they couldn't have him being the Green Lantern. You think he would take the role again? Yeah. <laughs> he would. Of course he would. Yeah. <laughs> as long as the suit's not animated. That's what he said. He said that in Deadpool. He's like, just don't make the suit animated. Or <laughs> don't green make the or suit animated. Yet. Yeah. So. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay. All right. So that leads me to a question I had, a two-parter. Is there anything that you would have taken away from the movie? Like taken out? Taken out. Or, and conversely, was there anything you would have liked to have seen that didn't happen? I guess besides Green Lantern showing up or, <laughs> and or Ryan Reynolds in any way. Maybe the Martian Manhunter could have had a bigger role. I, it's just, it's so weird that like, like I don't get his play. So he lives on Earth and he shapeshifts into other people. Right. So he 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 lives life vicariously through other the appearance of other people. Well, whatever. I mean, I don't think he like he's permanently permanently replaced a dead person if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uses the whole trick with Lois Lane for whatever reason being Martha Kent, which where was the payoff on that? But okay. <laughs> but okay. I mean, it it was to get her to it was all part of his plan. Well, so I know, but I'm just saying like Lois Lane sees real Martha Kent later. And they never bring it up. And they never bring it up. She's <laughs> like, thanks for swinging by it, really. And Martha would be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And ooh, do, 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 do. No, not it never happened. But no, what I'm saying is like, he lives on Earth pretending to be other people. Was he just not going to get involved? Like, was he just not going to defend the Earth? Like the place where he lives against Darkseid's army? Like, if you're going to have him in the movie, like, why would you have him in the end, like an end sequence, like an end credit scene or the epilogue and then some weird two and a half minute scene where he's talking to Lois Lane? Like, yeah. Why was he in the movie? Those scenes were completely <laughs> added for the Snyder cut. I think Snyder's wanted Martian Manhunter in, in there. It didn't. It got cut very early on. And this was his way of trying to put it back in. I'm just. It, yeah. It's, I get it's, you. It's interesting. It's interesting play. It would have maybe been better for his character to do a few things behind the scenes. It to be revealed to the audience that it's Martian Manhunter, but not to Batman into Lois Lane but just just sure. that scene with Martha Kent Lois Lane or at least a version of it is in the theatrical version the 2017 Justice League so they were just kind of squeezing them into things that already existed yeah. fair enough pointless okay pointless so that's the thing you would take out is there anything you would add they, I mean they should instead of Martian Manhunter it just should have been Green Lantern they had Green Lantern in the beginning, or not in the beginning. They had a they Green, had Green Lantern, Lantern yeah. in the flashback sequence of the fight. It would have made perfect sense for him to appear again. And the fact that there wasn't a Green Lantern in a movie where Darkseid's army is invading is kind of strange. Yeah. So not sure what the Warner Brothers bean counters were thinking about when they did that. I think that if him for him to show up, so it was a plot point that there wasn't a Lantern, which is why the mother box let Steppenwolf through. So yeah. I think that if... Green Lantern had showed up, it would have been very reminiscent of Captain Marvel showing up at the end of Avengers Endgame or Thor showing up at the end of <laughs> Avengers Infinity War, which is Avengers references left and right. Yeah. Only there would have been no previous introduction of the character. Even right. if it was Ryan Reynolds, there's really no previous introduction of the character. He's just showing up out of nowhere to help, which is great fan service and bad, bad storytelling. Well, not even necessarily to help, like... Instead of it being Martian Manhunter, he shows up to Bruce Wayne and then he's like, oh, uh, yeah, sorry, I didn't realize that this was happening over here. I was over in I was over on blah, 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 because, you know, this is my sector of space. And then Batman's like, cool. What? 
Oh, and all then, right. And then the movie ends on a like not necessarily a cliffhanger, but like as a question like where the Green Lantern is about to explain himself to Batman who he is, and then the movie ends instead yeah. of John Johns appearing out of nowhere. Same making difference. it clear that well, making it clear that he was here the entire time and didn't do anything to help. Yeah, I don't know enough about Martian Manhunter's backstory to know if maybe not interference is kind of his thing up until a certain point. So let's pretend Martian Manhunter or Green Lantern, should they have revealed themselves to Bruce Wayne, the person who has a secret identity? I guess they all have secret identities, but well, wouldn't Gal Gadot, not Gal, sorry, wouldn't Diana Prince slash Wonder Woman be a little bit more obvious? She doesn't change her appearance. She puts on a different outfit. There's no mask. There's no Superman shrinking himself and putting glasses on or anything like that. She's literally just herself in her battle armor. Well, she has that crown. Oh, she has a headband. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You're right. My fault. Never mind. She hides her five head and then suddenly uh, (laughs) no one knows who she is. Well, because John Johns, he's a telepath. So he already like he already knows who Bruce Wayne is. Okay. Well, then if you change it to Green Lantern, would Green Lantern know who Bruce Wayne is? Or would he be revealing himself to Superman? Probably Superman. Yeah, it makes more sense. They're both of alien origin. He's like hanging out in space and then like uh, like a green light appears next to him. And then it's. Yeah, then it's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's, it's actually not Ryan Reynolds. It's Deadpool with the Green Lantern. Oh, shut up. (laughs) You shut up. All right. I, I, I could see that. I could see that. That's a small thing to change. Was there no, were there no other like bigger moments? And you don't have to have one. I don't think I do. I just, I'm just curious. I, no, not really. Because I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what would have like, not necessarily what would, what would I have changed? Because there were a couple of things I might have done differently, but none of them would have really like impacted the story in any meaningful way. Yeah. No, I, I, I understand. Uh, I did appreciate that they didn't rescue that Russian family like they did in the, the 2017 version. If they're living in a place that has so much radiation in it, how are these people living so close to a former nuclear reactor? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I, the only thing I would change, and this is going to sound, I like Martian Manhunter like appearance. I'm cool with it. Yes, would if it had been Green Lantern, would it have been cooler? Absolutely, especially after the Lantern tease earlier on. But the one thing I would change what is that lady singing at the ocean for? What is she saying? Why is it lasting 17 minutes? I don't understand. Oh, yeah. Please cut yeah. this down to like 30 <laughs> seconds, 45 seconds flat. If you have to have her singing in there for some reason, what is happening? And I get it. They're lamenting their guardian or savior or what have you, which by the way, those are a small group of people that actually will benefit from global warming. <laughs> Anyways, just move. Just, <laughs> just I, I don't said live that. There. I said one, move. <laughs> migrate (laughs) it just kept happening and i I was watching with my roommate i looked over and i said if this scene is indicative of the rest of the movie this is going to be a very long four hours (laughs) and it wasn't it was just this the weirdness at the beginning and then it moved on i don't know it was interesting they were like Like, we bought the rights to this song we're gonna use the whole song (laughs) it was just (laughs) when it happened i was like okay and then nothing else happened and i was (laughs) Wait a second. <laughs> What's going why, on? Why did that happen? A couple things. When Diana Prince is telling them about, or she's telling Bruce about the dark side battle. So Olympian gods, Zeus, Air, uh, Artemis, and Ares appear. Yeah. Cool. Don't yeah. know why they couldn't come back for this fight. Well, Thanks, they're called guys. the old gods, so I imagine they're gone. How did you like that version of Zeus, by the way? Oh, just dropping lightning bolts left and right. Not only that, but like, 
he's look he's young like you never see a young zeus he's always long hair and beard right and this guy's trimmed and buff and just throwing lightning i just rewatched clash of the titans so the only zeus i'm familiar with recently would be liam neeson and this was very different than liam neeson we i mean talked about a few minutes ago the immortals it's got a young it's got a young the zeus immortals yeah but mm-hmm. you've seen that movie no that's what i'm saying like oh but you haven't that's what i'm right right, right. and then King Atlan of Atlantis was the Atlantean. Yeah. And then Arthur Pendragon? That was cool. It's revealed that he is, but they didn't even mention it. How did they reveal that it was? I missed that entirely. No, 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 no. Like, I'm I'm reading about it now. Because oh. he's credited as an ancient king of men. But as it turns out, he's actually Arthur Pendragon. I don't think the timing works out for that one. But sure. No, I'm in. I'm, I'm totally in. <laughs> That's supposed to be King Arthur? Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> As far as anything besides Green Lantern, I don't think there's anything else I would add. I think the movie is great. Every time I was watching a scene and it started to remind me of like, oh, I've seen this scene in the theatrical 2017 cut. And then it would be different every single time. That difference was better. Mm -hmm. There was not a single scene. And we're going to rewatch the 2017 movie. So I could retract this later. But as it stands right now with my memory being what it is, there's not a single scene from what I recall in the original theatrical cut to the Snyder cut that got worse. Yeah. I can't think of anything that is better. You said it before when we did our reaction episode. You talked about whenever, you, whenever you're getting ready to watch a movie, and if you're going to watch the extended version of the movie, you want to watch the extended version. I was thinking about it, like how true that is, especially with the Lord of the Rings movies. I know it's completely off topic from the Snyder cut, but always, if you're ever going to watch a director's cut or an extended version, always watch the extended version. Yeah, no, absolutely. And don't be afraid to, I mean, I rewatched Lord of the Rings extended cut. I watch it almost like a television show. Like I obviously I don't sit down and spend four hours, three and a half, whatever, watching the movie. I watch an hour, hour and a half. I come back to it later, maybe the next day or what have you. Don't feel like you're trapped. You see that length and then just go watch four hours of The Office. I've already had that rant. <laughs> uh, go back an episode and listen to it. But absolutely. Do you have an idiot of the movie? In universe, obviously. Or out of universe, whatever. Mm, I think my award goes to the people who decided to not have this version be the original Justice League. I mean, I know there's extenuating circumstances, but like it all boils down to money. I just don't know how a four hour movie would have fared in theaters. But that being said, that's fair. My in universe idiot of the movie, I think it's actually Darkseid, mainly because I don't know why he didn't. So why can only Stefan Wolf boom tube in? I think other people could. There's just, they talk about how he's conquered 100,000 worlds. He's got a huge empire, right? But that's not an excuse. As soon as, as soon as they're like, oh, the anti-life equation is here. Yeah. It would have been like, oh, okay, cool. We'll be there in about four seconds, right? Yeah. We're mobilizing now. I mean, there might be a reason. There literally might be be. a reason why he can't. They didn't say explain it. Nope. (laughs) They never explained it. So it's it's definitely Darkseid. Darkseid earns my idiot of the movie okay. for not like, and, and it's all, it's narrative. It's the whole thing where it comes to like why the evil mastermind doesn't immediately kill James Bond, you know? Yeah. Uh, like in um The Incredibles where Sinestro, well, not Sinestro, what's that guy's name? Like, I haven't seen matter. The Incredibles in the, the so villain, long. Yes, the villain. The villain like is monologuing and like, 
our hero, Mr. Incredible, gets him to monologue by asking him some questions and almost gets decapitated for his trouble. Like, yep. just do the thing that guarantees victory when you have the opportunity. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm just saying, Darkseid's an idiot. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. I'm there. So, oh, uh, man. I agree. Whoever hired Joss Whedon to replace Zack Snyder. <laughs> nothing against Joss, I guess. From a professional standpoint, lots of, according to the people who've worked with him, lots of things to say negatively about him. <laughs> but I just feel like I've said this already. They chose the wrong person to finish Zack Snyder's vision. I'm glad that he's had a chance following the tragedy that did happen. He's now been able to go back and really finish, not just finish, but really polish off and finish this movie that he was obviously yeah. passionate about when what happened happened and not everyone who's gone through his an experience like he has that type of family tragedy is able to do that and i'm really really happy that he was able to do it you know for him but i'm also really happy for us that we were able to to experience that oh the art that is this movie so yeah. whoever chose the replacement is the idiot of the movie in universe i mean i, I gotta agree with your your assumption of dark side or your assumption, your nominee of Darkseid. I'm racking my brain and I mean, everyone else follows to, through, I guess. There's a case to be made for Martian Manhunter. Oh, for uh, not and participating. We, it, sure. And we've already made it. Yeah. We need to litigate that. There could be other things. We could get a whole other side story with him doing other stuff. Yeah. And like he's maybe two, three steps behind. Or maybe he's, I don't know, maybe he's playing the long game. Is he supposed to be the Nick Fury type character? in this movie, but isn't quite there enough, you know, behind the I scenes. Know. I don't know. In the moment it was happening when Silas Stone locks himself into a room with this crazy laser that's going to superheat yeah. the mother box. Like in the moment it was happening, I was like, this guy's an idiot. Now, immediately afterwards, we find out why he did what he did. And it wouldn't have mattered if he wasn't in the room because Stefan Wolf would have sliced him in half with his gigantic fire axe. Right. But like when it was happening, I was like, what is this guy doing? And then it's revealed why he did it because he doesn't destroy it, which is what I thought he was doing. Yeah, I thought that's what he was trying to do as well. Yeah, and then it, as it turns out, he uses this, this beam to superheat the core, allowing them to find it, you know, and save the world essentially. But uh, Silas Stone, he was in the running for a minute, and then um, and he, then he made, immediately, yeah, you he was smarter than the you. equation. He was smarter than you. Is what I'm it turned the idiot out. of the movie is what I'm saying. <laughs> Finally, why, why, you why, get it, Chris. Why do I not trust the scientist? I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, man. We just want to thank everyone who has listened to any of our episodes before in the past. Um, I shared with Anthony this morning that we have the most downloads in a month ever for our single release weekly podcast. We are now in eight countries. Thanks for everyone who's listened. We definitely appreciate you. If you have listened and you haven't done it already, please go on your podcasting platform of choice. Please give us a five-star review, heart, thumbs up, whatever. Share us with your friends, share us with your enemies. The more people who listen, the more people who review allows more people to listen. Word of mouth is the best advertisement. If you really, really liked what you heard, you can find us on the internet in several places, twitter.com, Instagram, as the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. Head on over there and follow us for episode releases, little tidbits here and there, maybe a meme, who knows, depending on how we're feeling. And if none of that makes any sense to you, facebook.com. Search for the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast group. Go ahead and join. And if you really, really, 
really liked what you heard and you got to go that extra mile, you've done everything else, head on over to patreon.com forward slash sci-fi wise guys, become a patron, get access to episodes early, patron exclusive content. We understand parting with your cold hard cash is pretty hard these days, but every bit that you patron us with goes towards making the podcast better, more equipment, hosting fees, software. Definitely appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Make sure to stay safe, stay hydrated, and remember that you are loved by the hosts and community of this podcast. Bye. Thanks, guys. Oh, God, it's been two hours. Uh, <laughs> uh, real quick, and then I got to go. Um, Dune is also going uh, It's going to theater, but it's going to have a first month simultaneous release on HBO Max, which I think makes it count by our new reckoning. But that's okay. not till October. So, okay, sweet. I think I, I might have a title for this for this episode already. Okay. Well, hit me up on, on Discord so it's saved there so I can find it. It's, it's just... Pay attention when driving. That's all. That's all. Pay attention when driving. Ah, maybe we'll 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 talk about it. We'll talk about it. <laughs>